Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we not happy? First Peter chapter two, verse nine. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. After this celebration, somebody reminded us something. After another 30 years, none of us will be here. Praise the Lord. I don't want you to start imagining how old you will be. (laughs) But 30 years from now, majority of us who are here, 99% will not be here. And maybe 100% if the Lord comes earlier. Praise the Lord. So it's going to be a special, a special moment really for you to be part of this celebration. That is why you see the church time and again asking us to prepare ourselves. Joshua told the Israelites, prepare yourselves for tomorrow. Praise the Lord. For tomorrow. You must set an appointment with God if you want Him to deal with your life. There has to be an appointment between you and God if you want Him to transform your life. Don't just sit and expect God just to come and rough you up on the road. There has to be some moment of preparation. I have said we share that verse. It's not mainly part of what we are going to share, but it forms part of the body of the message this morning, this afternoon. You must see yourself as a special person in the eyes of God. You must regard yourself as a chosen person before God. And God prepares such vessels for special purposes. So I would like us to tune our mind as we think about this celebration and fix our mind and have that attitude. Remind yourself how special you are before God that you are a chosen generation, you are a holy and precious nation before Him. Father, we thank you this morning for your holy word. As we share, O God, we pray that your divine presence shall reveal this word to us, O God. Thank you because you are present here to minister to everybody who expects to listen from you, O God. Father, it is your word. Honor it, honor it, honor it. It is your holy word. Honor it, O God. Let it be food unto us, O God. Let it be bread from heaven unto each one of us this morning. Thank you because you have blessed it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning, this afternoon... I'm used to going to church in the morning back at home, so every time I say morning. This afternoon, I want us to share, we have got a very short time, 
on the subject of children of destiny. Children of destiny. Children of destiny. We are going to look at three characters in the Bible, and I would like us to examine their lives and reflect our own lives to how God prepared them and made them realize their destiny in their lives. The first character we are going to look at is Moses. Moses. Before we go there to the scripture, I would like us again to turn to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Maybe you are in this hall now and you are wondering whether you are an accident in this world. Maybe you are in this church and as we talk about celebration, you really don't know where you belong. But I have come to tell you this morning, God already knew that you would be part of this church. And he has got a special package for you. He has got a special program for you in your life. And to Jeremiah, he had been appointed before he was born as a prophet. I don't know what God has appointed you to in your life. Maybe as you sit there, you are wondering and looking around, which area in the body of Christ do I belong to? What service can I offer to God this morning or in my lifetime? But I want to tell you, be patient in the presence of God and humble yourself before Him and He will reveal that which He has created you for. You will be satisfied for the rest of your life. Exodus chapter 2. We are not going to read the whole of it. The story of Moses spans across so many chapters. So we'll just be picking a few areas that concern us. If I would start from verse 1 quickly, a few verses and then I'll skip. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Praise the Lord. This was a man destined for great things in his life. And God brought him up, uh, allowed him to surface at, at a time of challenges to the children of Israel. This is a time that they, all male children were supposed to be killed. And so there was no hope in his life as a boy. But because God's hand was upon his life, God made provisions to preserve him until the appointed moment. And I want to say this morning to you, the reason you are alive is because God is preserving you for your appointed moment. And you need to begin to search the face of God 
and ask him, Lord, reveal what your purpose is for me. This boy was put on the river in this basket, and as God had it, he appointed vessels to direct his path. The sister of the mother was there watching from a distance, and I'm sure the sister to him was watching and waiting, and I think she was troubled. Why is Moses going to die such a cruel death? And as she was watching, she didn't realize that she was an instrument to usher Moses into a path that God had already predestined for him. Pharaoh's daughter walks along the be- comes uh, to the Nile, and then notices Moses. You know the story. This girl, God gives her wisdom to run to this lady and say, if you want somebody to look after this, I can look for one of the Jewish ladies to come and look after this baby. What does she do? She goes and looks for the mother. Praise the Lord. A divine reunion. Divine reunion. We are going through this. We know it. But it's important for you to get the picture. That Moses is there. His life is, is in a precarious time. That he's facing death. But because God's hand is upon his life. God is providing ways of preserving his life throughout. Because there is a purpose for him to be alive. That is why he is a peculiar person. Praise the Lord. The long story goes on. And we come to a point where this man grows up in the house of Pharaoh, being looked after as a royal, part of the royal family. And as he grows up, there is that fire that God has already injected in him. You don't belong to this family. I have got a reason for you having, for you to have survived that cruel death. And that fire is burning in him. He realizes he's not part of the Egyptians. And so one day, the fire did not leave him to, leave, uh, to stay in that house in comfort. It ashes him out. As you read down, you realize that Moses walks into the streets. And there he realizes one of the Jews is being manhandled. And because he has been appointed to be a leader, that nature in him to arbitrate over such matters instantaneously springs out, spontaneously comes out of him. He wants to intervene because there is, there is a purpose of God upon his life. I don't know whether you have felt it in your life sometimes. Maybe the choir is singing here and you just feel you want to be part of them. Not me, Kenneth. I know my place. Praise the Lord. If I came there, the auditions will take two years for me to qualify. And so I have never wanted to present myself for the auditions. But I sing. Praise the Lord. Maybe there is a place that you have found God ushering you. There is always pressure on you to attach yourself in the church. And you are wondering, what is it that I need to do? Maybe I pray today God will reveal it to you and will make you take that bold step for you to present yourself in this hour. Praise the Lord. We are in a season of celebration and such celebrations are markers in a Christian life. You must look back several years back 
after and say in the year of our Lord 2016 in the month in the ninth month is it Nisan the nine months September when we had a celebration my life turned round because God revealed to me what my purpose is in the body of Christ and I want you to look forward because this life of Moses shows us clearly that God has got a preparation period for your life and for my life. Whatever season you are passing through, whatever challenges that you are going through, it's nothing new to God. It's just part of His program. Praise the Lord. And as we go forth reading, we begin to realize something happened. In verse 11, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. I was sharing with brethren the other day and I said, you know, the law is very naughty. If there is a lawyer here, forgive me, I'm using layman's language, so don't, don't mind about my language. Law all over the world is very, very strange. You are dead. Two people are dead. One of them, they say, this one was murdered. And this one was because of manslaughter. Now, in manslaughter, you did not intend to kill. I was listening to a program the other day. Somebody who wanted to murder a young boy was chasing him the streets of London. And then there was somebody else who felt compelled to inter intervene. And when he came in, this man was wielding a sword out of frustration because the victim, the intended victim, had run away. He decided to sink the, the knife into the heart of this young man. Eventually he died. The case went to the court. And the magistrate said, it is sad that Twain died. It is sad. However, the accused did not intend to kill Twain. It was out of frustration that he killed him. So I cannot sentence him to murder. I can only sentence him to manslaughter. But did he have an intention of killing? Yes. He had wanted to kill. What the, what the judge did not establish is, did he just want to kill anybody and because the... the the nearest victim had run away, so he landed to the next victim. That's what, you know, I'm challenging the judge. But I don't want to go to that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Moses did not intend to kill. He was just going. He was just walking. And because of the new assignment that God was preparing him for, he saw the situation and decided, no, I must intervene. What happened? He ended up killing. All things work for good for those that love God. Praise the Lord. Whether it is murder. Now you are looking at me with your open eyes. I'm not saying you go and murder and say this is all things. No. Moses was in a comfort zone. He had not known any rough life at all. But for the assignment that was ahead of him, 
it was important for him to leave that comfort zone. And circumstances had to be orchestrated by the Almighty to cause him to go out of that zone. Praise the Lord. If somebody had told Moses, just walk out of this place and go and wait on the Lord in the, in the wilderness, Moses said, no, God will speak to me in a special way because I'm a royal. But because God knew this man, there is a part in him I must deal with. He decided to use the circumstances around. Now, on realizing that people had known about the murder, Moses had no alternative but to flee. That explains why you are having rough time in your place of work. That explains why some people might leave this Oman. We are going to pray that God may retain you. But if it calls for you to move out in order to walk in line with the purpose of God for your life, you will have to go. If it demands that something happens in your life because you are so comfortable in the way you are living, in order for you to realize your calling in your life, it will have to happen. Moses had to go. And he went into a college, a very strange college, because God wanted to mold him. God already knew that Moses had problems with speech. He needed a speech therapist. And Moses, out of frustration, he just went. He was looking after the sheep, tendering them. He was frustrated, feeling disappointed. I was a royal. I was supposed to be somebody great. But now, see, I'm looking after this sheep. And one day, he decided to walk with the sheep out of frustration. He said, let me drive them deeper and deeper into the desert. And as he went deeper into the desert, he didn't know he was being drawn towards God. And when he reached there, something happened. Praise the Lord. He saw a bush burning. And he decided to approach it. Because God had realized the years this man had spent with the sheep, they had taught him how to manage people without doing a lot of talking. That was the purpose of God. You can't talk to sheep. All they can... That's all they can do. You can't talk to them. Moses did not realize what was happening in his life. But he found himself in that state. Disappointed. Frustrated. Because the destiny he had seen in his life seemed to have disappeared. And God calls him, tells him, Moses, you know I've been working on you for some time. And I think it has come to a time that you need now to go back and deliver the children of Israel. Moses said, me? I murdered? I'm on the run? You want to send me back? You must be kidding. Praise the Lord. So Moses was in this university for several years. And some of his lecturers were the sheep to teach him not to talk too much, but just wait upon God. To teach him to be patient. 
Because at that time, he wanted to solve the problem instantly. He landed on this man, it resulted into death. God said, no, I'm preparing you to be a leader. And in leadership, you must learn to be patient. I want you now to deal with the sheep. I'm sure one time, the sheep that was straying away, Moses thought of jumping and squeezing the neck. And he said, now this way. When people find me wrinkling the neck of this sheep, what would they say? He said, okay, okay, you are a sheep, just go away. It taught Moses how to lead people. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about the destiny of this man. It took a long journey for, and hardship, challenges in his training for him to be prepared for the calling in his life. And when God sent him back there, he was now a polished person. Praise the Lord. He was ready now to lead. But he had gone through many challenges. Looking after the sheep. Staying in the desert. Intense. When he was staying uh, from his early childhood. He was staying in a royal palace. Praise the Lord. I don't know in your life, my brother. This afternoon, I just want you to reflect over your life. Think about the moment that you got saved. The experiences you have had with God. What have you been experiencing in your life? Maybe you feel you have lost it. You look back into your life and you see there are many terrible things you did. You don't see yourself as somebody who can be used of God. Moses murdered. But God was still determined to polish him into a vessel of honor. You can be a vessel of honor in the hands of God. I pray that as we go through into, we approach this anniversary, your mind will begin to tune yourself to avail yourself to God. So that you may be polished into a vessel of honor. Praise the Lord. Things that Moses learned. God desired to impart humility in, li- in the life of Moses. Obedience in the life of Moses. And faith in God. And that he accomplished not in the royal palace, but through hardships. Praise the Lord. When I was growing up, I was in high school. And I used to say, there's a verse that was so popular those days. Deuteronomy 28, 13. I shall be the head and not the tail. Praise the Lord. And I stood before the CU when I was doing my A-level the first year of A-level, and I said, I will be the head and not the tail. And the moment I sat down, I, some, the devil whispered to me, you shouldn't have said this, because you may fail. I made a mistake. I started listening to that voice, surely, and, and believe me, first time, flat. Second term, I passed in physics. I failed math, chemistry. I said, okay, physics now is okay. Let me concentrate on chemistry. Third term, I passed chemistry. I failed in physics and math. Now, first, the first year of A-level is gone. Thank God we are not doing it halfway like these people are doing these days. You had to take the two years. First term of second, of second uh, year, math is up, chemistry and physics is down. 
the principal called me in the office. What is happening with you? Do you think you should have gone to another program, a technical program, instead of going for A-level? I was quiet, you know, at that time, you were just like this in the office. But I started saying, God, I called you. I said, I am going to be the head and not the, day, the tail. What is happening? As, we, as I continued praying over this, this issue, we sat for the mock now, the mock exam. Okay, I, I got subsidiaries in all the three. Even the people I used to pass in all level were up there. And I was wondering, what is really happening? Praise the Lord. When the final examination came, guess who was on top of the list? Sometimes you must become the tail in order to become the head. So that God's glory may be seen. That is the life that Moses took. Praise the Lord. If he had just remained the head in Pharaoh's house, maybe he would not have learned what it means to humble himself. And it, sometimes you must go through very terrible times. You may not understand what is happening in your life, but God has decided this is the experience he's going to give to his child until he comes to the knowledge and understanding and the fear of God for his purpose in his life. Praise the Lord. The graduation of Moses was witnessed by sheep. And it was by fire. Praise the Lord. One thing that Moses did at that time, and I want us to learn from him, is making a covenant with God. As it was in the Jewish tradition, if you are reaching a covenant with somebody, you had to remove your sandals. The British came and improved it when they came to Africa, because we didn't know how to write. So they said, instead of sandals, you will be putting your thumb. As a seal of acknowledgement. So Moses was to remove the sandals as a covenant with God. It was symbolic of humbling himself before God and accepting the calling in his life. I hope you are going to make a covenant with God in your life. That you want God to change your life completely. He is sure enough to do it in your life. Praise the Lord. He will give you an experience that you will never forget. Something that spurs me so much is what he said. Moses asked, whom am I going to tell these people has sent me? And God said, go and tell them, I am has sent me. I am who I am is my name. And as you listen to that, the, 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 the power in that statement can only be understood if you come to the New Testament when Jesus said to the Jews, before Abraham, I am. The reaction of the Jews can tell you what the power in that name, I am, was. Because it meant you are a creator. You are somebody, you are God. You are what you want God to be. So what God was telling Moses is, go and tell the children of Israel, if they want me to be a healer in their life, I will be a healer. I am who I am. God tell them, I am has sent me. If they want me to be a deliverer in their lives, 
I will be what they said in their mind. I am their healer, their deliverer. Praise the Lord. That was what God was telling Moses. And I believe today, God is going to speak to you. That He is, I am in your life. That discouragement that you have been seeing in your life, you look back, the failures that you went through as a Christian, something that is stealing your joy, that makes you not rise to the level God wants you to be, shall disappear because you have recognized who I am is in your life. He will change your life completely because you have surrendered to Him. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 5. I heard Pastor talk about it. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, you can substitute that with your name. He who created you, Kenneth, he who formed you, Kenneth, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Sheba in your stead. The challenges you have faced. God is reassuring you and I that He is there with us. He's ready to change our situation. Praise the Lord. Quickly, Gideon, the book of Judges, the book of Judges, we come at Judges 6, we come across another character, Gideon. This is another man who looked at himself, he had despised himself, he had low ego. Because of two things. One, he was born in the smallest clan. And two, because he was the weakest. He was born in the weakest clan and he was the smallest in his family. He had seen himself within that picture. That I cannot be anything. I cannot rise to any level at all in my life. And God had seen something different. If you go through, will not read the whole verse, if you go through the story of Gideon, you begin to realize how low he had looked at himself. When the angel of God appeared to him and told him, mighty man of valor, Gideon said, pardon me. Read. He says, pardon me. You know, we use that word so frequently because, not because you have not heard clearly, but because you really don't understand what that person means. Pardon? When somebody is talking to you, in most cases you have heard what he's saying. But you, pardon? It's because you imagine he will change what he said something different. And that is what happened to Gideon. He thought the angel who had been sent will change the story. But God had said, you are a mighty man of valor. And Gideon looked around. Is there another Gideon here or they are talking about me? He looked around. He, saw he, was the one, he said, pardon? But I am telling you, what God sees in a person is not what we see physically. That is why 
David rose from the, his, his family. When the prophet came, he saw the physical appearance of the other people. He thought these were the right people. But God had seen something different. In Gideon, he saw a man who was mighty. Now, the problem with Gideon is so, might is only expressed in numbers. If you read the whole story, even when God told him, go and destroy the shrine of Baal, he could have done it himself. He went and looked for seven other people because he believed in numbers. That is what might meant to him. There is somebody in our midst. God wants to use you. But you are always waiting for people to accompany you into this call. A call is for one individual. You are lucky if you find yourself as a group. But God speaks to you as an individual. And you must purpose in your life that I want to follow God as an individual. The moment you begin to say, we are coming to go, there is a likelihood of you going back. Because your foundation has been built on that corporate relationship with God. One person being shaken in that team will mean it is affecting you. But I want to challenge you this morning. Look at Gideon. When God called him, he tried to cling on to people. He went to a point that now he was looking for 30,000 people. The background of the story is the Midianites were ravaging havoc over the Israelites. They would plant, they would grow crops, and then these people are just watching them on the sideways. Then they would just tell their animals, they send the animals in the farm. Everything would be eaten, consumed. It had pushed Gideon into hiding. Whatever harvest they had, they would hide. They had lost self-esteem in themselves, including Gideon. He could not trust that it could be anything. But I want to tell you this morning, God has prepared you for something great. If only you begin to listen to his voice. The moment Gideon chose to listen to God and not begin to listen to his own self, something started changing in his life. His life was never the same. We see him become a leader of the army. The man who was timid is now calling upon the whole tribe to come and fight the Midianites. And God said, I am not, I have no delight in numbers. I have chosen you because I want you to be an instrument of honor in my hands. That men may not delight in their own strength, but they may see the glory of the Lord through the works that I will execute through you. How many men did he win the war with? Finally, God managed to get a special force, special unit, Delta Force of 300 people. But did they fight? They didn't fight. They just blew the, war, the horns. And the enemy started slaughtering themselves. Praise the Lord. Whatever has been inhibiting your growth in your salvation, whatever has been inhibiting your realization of your destiny in your life, shall disappear before your naked eyes. Because God has chosen to do it in your life. I don't want this anniversary to pass me. I want something to change in my life. I want a new level in my life. I don't know about you, 
But I want to challenge you, brethren. We can purpose in our lives that this season will not be a season that will just pass by. We shall not just celebrate, but it will be an appointed moment in which God is going to do something in our lives. We will look back and say, in this year of the law, God took me to a new level in my life. That something was realized in my life that I had never thought would be. I know that the hand of God is upon your life. But because of such limitations as Gideon shared, maybe you have restrained yourself. Nobody has come from my country who can preach like this. If God is telling me to preach, I don't think I'm the one. If God is telling me to sing, my mother never sang. I cannot sing. Many factors. This man tied himself to the family. He tied himself to the clan. And that was a limiting factor in his life. He never saw himself as an individual who could be an instrument in the hands of God. Every time God was speaking to him, he would point God to the clan. He would point God to his own weakness, his family. And he would never want to take a step of faith, knowing that it's God who is working in him to be what he wants him to be. I challenge you this morning, release yourself into the hands of God and let God do his own work. He worked on Moses, a tough man, stubborn man. But Moses was transformed into a humble man. God testified of him and said, In all the world, there's no meek man like Moses. Praise the Lord. Because the work had effectively been done in his life to humble him. As we run short of time, quickly, Joseph. We all know the story of Joseph. Now, 14 chapters have been dedicated to this man in the Bible. 14 chapters. From Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. God set aside these books just to describe the life of Joseph. Not as a story to tell our children, but to teach you and me. That when God has purposed something in your life, it doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what the devil throws in your path. One day, God will make sure that it comes to fulfillment. Cooperate with God. And God will bring to realization His purpose for your life. This man saw dreams at the age of 17. And as it is the nature of God, God will show you where you are going, but He will hardly show you the path you are going to take to reach there. Praise the Lord. It will always be a surprise. Every turn will be a surprise to you. But depending on your obedience, depending on your zeal, God is going to unfold, to unravel the plan He has for you every other, at every other time in your life. Praise the Lord. Joseph went. He was thrown in the pit. The man who had seen himself in a dream as a leader, he was now in the pit looking at people up there. Joseph was sold, he became a slave. A man who is supposed to be a leader is now a slave. But I want to thank God because the favor of God never parted away from Joseph's life. Even when he was a slave, God gave him favor. He became the best. 
I pray that you don't wait until God wakes you up. Be the best where you are. Because He's working something in your life. Just wait upon Him. He's going to do something in your life. When Joseph thought now things were improving, again he was thrown in the prison. Even in the prison, God's favor was upon him. And he became the chief, the chief, what we call it, not jailer. Jailer is the one who is in charge. He was a prisoner, chief of the prisoners. The head prefect in the prison. And there God kept him. Now, God could have just said, Moses and Joseph, I will keep you here until I make you a prime minister. But why did he have to take him through these experiences? It was to mold a character in him. To make him prepare to be a leader. And I pray this, morning, this afternoon that we be patient with God's working in our lives. It may not be pleasing at the beginning, but the end result is sure good. You can always be happy when it comes out. Because He will have proven you to be faithful. Be faithful as you walk with God. We have rushed through those who would have desired to go in deeply. But we have touched all that we meant to touch. The message this morning is that you may humble yourself before God. Be obedient to God. And wait upon God. Because He's doing something new in your life. And His plan will surely come to fulfillment. But set an appointment with God so that He may deal with you handsomely. May God bless you so much. Even as we remain seated, let's not stand for a moment. Let's just uh, contemplate and think about what you have heard right now. And I want you to focus on everything that you have heard. Not just the life of Moses or Gideon or Joseph, but then look at yourself. And then wonder if this is a question you ask on all the face of the earth. And the boundaries of their dwellings. Let me tell you something. You are here today because God wants you to be here today. That is the bottom line. And therefore, where God has placed us, we need to be able to do what he wants us to do. Because God, we have heard it from the message today. We have heard it from what Jia said today. That when God moves you, when God thinks of your tomorrow, it will be better than your yesterday and today. And that is true for all of us. So let me just take a moment, even as we sit down, just talk to God. Talk to God. Tell Him that, yes, you know that God has placed you here. You are not here by accident. You are here because God wants you here. But at the same time, let's be attentive that something that God has told us today, 
He needs you and I to learn some things. He wants you and I to learn patience, to learn humility, to learn faith, to develop a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Him. He wants us to learn to listen to Him. He wants us to develop our integrity. And He wants every one of us to develop qualities of leadership. Talk to God. Are you missing out on things? Make a covenant with God today. Not an agreement. Not a contract. It's a covenant. You don't break it. Talk to Him. Talk to Him, church. Tell Him, you will do what you should do. And let God do what He has promised to do. But you and I need to do what we have to do. Father God, we thank You, Lord, that You have spoken to us. You have told us what we need to do, Lord. And You have clearly indicated to us, Lord, that our presence here is according to Your plans. It is You who has kept us here. It is You who is prospering us here. It is You who has got greater plans for us for our tomorrows, Lord. And Father God, we are thankful that in Your hands, we are not a hopeless people. But we are a people of potential. We are a people through whom You want to do stuff, Lord. And Father God, we just want to commit ourselves into Your hands. We want to surrender ourselves into Your hands, Lord. That if we have to go through the fire, or through the waters, or if we have to wait, yes, we shall do so. Because we know, Lord, that with you by my side, neither shall the fire burn me, nor the waters drown me, nor shall anything happen to me that is not right. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that you have reassured us once again, Lord, that in you, we have a life, we have a future. And you have great plans to prosper us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your servant whom you used this day, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to minister unto him. Pour out your word upon him, Lord. Anoint him that he will bring to us greater truths from your word. We thank you, Lord. We ask that you bless him and his family, Lord, Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to use him in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As usual, the exit is going to continue to be this side. So please, a majority of us, please continue to use this side. A small minority can skip out like this. The refreshments are kept on this side. So please, let's move out onto my right through both the doors. Next week, next week, please come prepared. Please come prepared and come with expectation. Don't just walk in, but come expecting to receive from the Lord. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy follow us.
all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Please, let's exit mainly through my right side. <laughs>